0: Hello, and welcome once again to the ALS Association Greater Philadelphia Chapter Podcast. My name, as always, is Tony Heil, your Communication and Public Policy Director here at the Greater Philadelphia Chapter. And if you've listened to our past podcasts, you've heard from people like uh, Brian, State Representative Brian Cutler, our Events Director, Allison Walker, who's now been in two podcasts, so she's trying to steal my thunder, I guess. Um, we have had board members like Patty Lake-Quinn and people with ALS like Matt Bellina in our first episode, and researchers like Kelly Almisi and Jill Yersak, who can all share different perspectives on this disease. Uh, One way that we get very involved in helping to raise money and awareness to fight ALS is through the Walk to Defeat ALS. Our chapter has seven walk events, and there are uh, dozens of walk events throughout the country at other chapters every year, Uh, and In 2014, our walk events totaled over $1.8 million to help fund patient care and support families living with ALS in our geography here at the Greater Philadelphia Chapter. One of those walks that is uh, very highly rated, one of the best walks in the country, and one of my favorite places to go is the Hershey Walk to Defeat ALS at Hershey Medical Center in here in Pennsylvania. And this year... The lead organizer for that walk is new to our office. Her name is Carrie Durkin, and she is very excited to be working on these events, I hopefully. Uh, but she seemed excited through the first walk, and she worked very hard on it. And all, But she wasn't alone in it. We had, of course, our events team and our regular staff, and also a lot of great events um, volunteers and teams. Including our top place fundraiser for individual fundraiser for this walk, Jeanette Beck, who is also joining this podcast. So uh, tune in for the next few minutes, and we're going to hear some perspectives on the walk, and what the what it's like, what fundraising's like, why we need to defeat ALS, and if we have time, we're going to try and cure some different ills, like you know fixing the situation in Greece, and you know improving the economy overall. But it just depends on our time, so no pressure, Jeanette and Carrie. No. So, uh, welcome, Carrie and Jeanette. Thank you. Okay. So, um, Jeanette, let's start with you because you've been here a little bit longer than Carrie. Um, Tell me about how ALS entered your life.
1: Well, my husband, James, uh, was diagnosed with ALS in 2007. And from that time on, we started participating in the walks uh, simply because. It's such a devastating disease to the individual and to the families uh, that are going through it. And we wanted to become involved and help as best as we could. And we thought by participating in the walk, that would be uh, one way of doing it.
0: And how did you learn about the walk in
1: 2007? Well, my daughter, Jennifer, was living down in Washington, D.C., and she was uh, working with the ALS office down there. And she had said to us that they were going to have the ALS walk and would we want to come down. So I packed my husband up, and we went down to Washington, D.C., and we participated in that walk. And then that was in 2007. And then the next walk was at at um City Island in Harrisburg which was the actual what's Hershey Walk now and so we went and participated in that one and we just made a commitment that from then on we were going to um,
0: participate. Well that's great and one thing I've heard from people I know who go to church is if they go and travel from one place to another uh, even in a foreign language Church services are often similar, and so it can feel some somewhat comforting because it's a similar experience. Have you found that the walks in two different chapter locations, um, it's comforting knowing it's a, it's a pretty similar experience?
1: Yes, you know, when we did the walk in D.C., because of the limited space, they had it so that we walked around this big pond area. And I'll never forget the impression I had walking around that pond with all the other people there and all the colored T-shirts, and, their, and it was a sunny day, and the reflection of all those T-shirts and all those people in that pond. And I thought to myself, you know, you're not alone. There are a lot of people out there who are going through this with you and your family also.
0: And then you felt the same thing when you came to the Hersey Walk the next year.
1: Yes, but I found found an even more commitment because I knew the individuals, uh, because my husband had started at the ALS clinic, and so we got to know the staff, and it was so comforting when you got there to the walk and you saw all those people, the staff members, know the the people by their first name, and it was so much more personal, uh, and it just was an extended family.
0: Well, speaking of staff members, this year, the staff member that was charged with making the walk happen is Carrie Durkin. So Carrie, tell us what your first walk was like.
2: It was an amazing experience. I guess I started in February working on the walk and it took place on June 6th, So, I had a lot of contact with team captains and patients through email and through phone calls, but actually getting to go on walk day and put faces to all those names and really get to connect with people and, and meet their families and see their walk teams. It was an awesome day. It was such a positive experience.
0: Yeah, all that work finally coming together.
2: Absolutely. It's hard to, when you're working for something, It, I my first walk that I attended was the Lakewood Walk in May. So for the first almost three months that I was here, I was working towards something and I had never even been to a walk. So it was really cool to after Lake would sort of see what I was trying to accomplish in Hershey and then in Hershey really, like really get to see that to fruition.
0: And Jeanette started because of her husband, uh, so she had a deeply personal connection, but you didn't have a personal ALS connection, right? No. So this was all new to you once you started here?
2: Yeah, I had a very basic understanding of what ALS was, um, just through people that I had talked to, um, I actually, I grew up in Delaware County, so I was familiar with the Billy Lake Basketball Marathon. And that was honestly like the only ALS connect, like connection that I ever really had was, was knowing about that event. Um, and then the Ice Bucket Challenge, sort of, everybody knew what ALS was after the Ice Bucket Challenge. And that was really the only connection that I had.
0: Well, I've talked to some people who said with the Ice Bucket Challenge, and not to get too far off, like, they knew that ALS was a disease and it was bad and they wanted to raise money, but they still didn't necessarily know about the disease. So I imagine you didn't come here as, like, an expert in all things ALS, right? Oh, no, no,
2: no, not at
0: all. And and so this is something that we haven't talked about in this podcast before, but um, everyone that works here ends up getting an education about the disease from our patient services staff. Yeah. And, and you talk to people like Gail or others about, like, the realities of ALS, I assume.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Gail and Brenda, and then just going up to, to meet with Sue at the Hershey Clinic to talk about the walk. Um, yeah, that, it was it was definitely eye-opening. There's a lot about the disease that I didn't know until I started.
0: So let's talk about that, Jeanette, and let's talk about how great Sue Walsh is, and Carrie started that. <laughs> uh, I, how much did you know about ALS before 2007?
1: I knew about it because I'm a nurse, and so and I I worked at Hershey, so I did know some about ALS. But you know, it's one of those things that you know about it, but it doesn't directly affect you, so you're not as committed to it. Sometimes, right? And um, I'll never forget the words when I heard Doctor Simmons confirm the diagnosis of ALS. In my husband, you know, there was a part of me that was glad to have a diagnosis, but with that diagnosis, I knew what it meant. Um, But even as a nurse, I only partially knew what it meant. Having someone that has ALS puts a whole different perspective when you watch your loved one going through
0: this disease process. Right. And... and and I I know personally my my grandfather had ALS and and then it becomes very personal to all of us here anyway even if we don't have a family connection. Um, but tell us about the people at Hershey, especially Dr. Simmons and Sue, um, how they made life for you and your husband um, in those very difficult times. Well, when Jim first was diagnosed
1: with ALS, he had a rare form of ALS. He had chorea-type movements, which was constant movement of his arms and legs. And so when we started seeing Dr. Simmons, we had we saw him on clinic, uh, just to a one-to-one clinic visit, not in the ALS clinic, because he was trying to get these movements under control before he could really do much of anything else. When we find, found the right combination of drugs, then we started coming to the ALS clinic. And I can't tell you what that meant to me. It's unbelievable. The team of people that are up there are just wonderful. I no longer felt like I was alone, that I had help. Because any need that Jim had, they were there to address it. One thing that stands out the most to me is when We were trying to get the right combination of drugs for these movements that Jim was having. Dr. Simmons was trying various drugs, and he had made a change in the drugs, and he said to call him and let him know what was going on, and he would then make any changes he had to. Well, when I called in, I got sued, and she said, Oh, Dr. Simmons is out of town. He's in Canada. I believe it was in Canada at some meeting." But she said, I'll get to him, but I can't promise you, it'll be today yet that I get back to you. But as soon as he calls me, I'll let you know. I was so impressed that day. I got a phone call from Sue saying Dr. Simmons called her right back and gave instructions to do this. And I thought, my word, he's at a meeting in Canada and my husband's important enough that he took time to call back and gave us instructions. And every time we went to the clinic, it was like seeing an extended family. I can't emphasize that enough because they all knew Jim by his name. They would make a a point to talk with him. And we never felt like we were just, you know, sometimes people get the feeling they're just a number. That was not, Jim was a person. And I'll never forget Dr. Simmons would come in. He would look at all the information. And then he would explain to me what our plans were until the next visit. And then when he was done talking to me, he would always look at Jim and he'd go face-to-face with Jim and say, Jim, do you understand what's going on? Do you have any questions? That was a one-to-one. and. That said volumes to me as to what that clinic is about. That clinic is about the patients and their families and meeting their needs and doing it in a loving and caring attitude.
0: Wow, that's, that's great. That, that kind of testimonial makes me glad that I work here. Um, and I assume, as a caregiver yourself, uh, a nurse, that you had an even greater appreciation for what they were doing and able to do. Absolutely. So there, Dr. Simmons and Sue are great for this reason, but Carrie, you probably didn't realize all the services that existed here at the chapter. I didn't when I first started. Um, mm. So what was that like? Because no other walk is so ingrained with a clinic. We, all the clinics get involved in the walks, but here the, the Dr. Simmons and Sue are so involved with this Hershey walk. It's at the Hershey Medical Center.
2: Yeah, the walk is at the medical center, and Sue Walsh is on the the walk committee, and she was actually the first person that I met with in Hershey um, right after I started. Allison and the events director and I went up, and we met with her, Um, and she was just so incredibly helpful, sort of to mirror what Jeanette said in a different way, like anything I needed getting ready for this walk, because it was my first walk, it was my first time in Hershey, but Sue's so passionate about it and she's done it so many times, anything I needed throughout the entire process. All I had to do was shoot Sue an email and she's doing a hundred different things and I very easily could have been at the bottom of her list of priorities, but she always got back to me. She always connected me with the right people or got me the right information. And I think that just, it speaks volumes to that clinic because they know how important the walk is and how important those dollars raised are because they go right back to to helping patients
0: yeah and and like Jeanette says you can't talk to Sue or Dr. Simmons or Maureen or Judy anyone else at the the clinic and like when you're at the walk like you can tell that they know all those patients there oh
2: absolutely and they like they
0: know them by name they're they know the family they know everything
2: yeah it was kind of funny because we did a couple different fundraising challenges throughout the spring into kind of get teams engaged through all of our spring walks. And the Hershey Clinic team, they're amazing fundraisers and they actually won the Team the team, the team, Week Challenge That's what it was called. So they actually won a tent that they could kind of meet at and it had coffee and donuts and they weren't ever there because they were just meeting patients and seeing families that they don't get to see all the time. And it was like, you could tell that the patients and their families were their number one priority.
0: Well, if they weren't, I had to go and get those donuts with Joan. If they didn't need them, why did I spend an hour at the donut place?
2: <laughs> they did. We, we, would, we walked around and we gave them donuts. We made sure that they still got all the perks, but it was just, it was funny. Yeah, they just, it was more about the patients than, than the team themselves. It was really cool to see.
0: So that's, so they were obviously very helpful for you in starting the walk. But both of you, tell me what, what goes into organizing a walk as a staff person organizing and learning all this stuff firsthand because when i talk to allison and julie who've done many walks um julie mckeever you know they some of it's just old hat they've been doing it so quick they can set up a walk in 10 minutes it seems like take it down while it's still going on um but you know it's your first time so you have different impressions of that what's what's it like starting a walk i mean organizing a walk on your as a staff person and then Jeanette what's it like setting up a walk team and getting that together
2: well luckily for me um this was the 15th or 16th year that the walk in Hershey Harrisburg area has been happening so I had a lot of resources I had a lot of connections um but it's there's a lot that goes into it behind the scenes that I never really would have thought. I mean, I've, I've been to other walks and I've been to other events like that. And I never really thought about how much goes into reach, like, reaching out to teams and making sure that there's snacks and coffee and getting all the right permits and getting all of this stuff up there. I, I drove a giant cargo van full of walk supplies up to Hershey PA, Like just little things that I never would have thought of. Um,
0: Plus, reaching out to a lot of sponsors.
2: Reaching out to all of our sponsors, um, our 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 sponsor sponsors, and then our in-kind sponsors, like all the the places that donate the pastries and the fruit and things like that. Um, there's a lot of little tiny details that add up to something really big and really cool. But it was it was like from the I kind of hit the ground running as soon as I started, and it was all I did for three months was get ready for Hershey.
0: And you're already um, probably soon starting to get ready for next
2: year. Yeah, um, this we just sort of wrapped up from this year, and already started talking to the clinic um, of the the clinic and the Hershey Medical Center events team about a date for next year. And basically, as soon as I got done Hershey, we I started my next walk, and which is November first. So, it's. There's not much downtime with walks. <laughs> and
0: November 1st is the Greater Philadelphia Walk to Defeat ALS, and you can join that um, at www.greaterphiladelphiawalktodefeatals.org or find all of our walks at www.gpcwalktodefeatals.org. Carrie's heard we made all these plugs before because she subscribes to our <laughs> podcast on iTunes, which you can get at ALS Philadelphia, or just get all our podcasts at alsphiladelphia.org slash podcast. So Carrie... Um, Jeanette, uh, Carrie has to do a lot of um, organizing with uh, vendors and uh, materials and food and sponsors for months before the walk. What's it like setting up a walk team and getting donations and working hard on that for many weeks and months to begin?
1: Well, for me, it's probably a lot different than for other people because I'll be the first one to say that, I'm computer illiterate, so it takes me a long time. And so I've become a creature, of, you might say, of habit. Ever since I've been doing the walk, I composed a letter and sent a letter out to all the people that I'm asking to participate. And in my letter, I ask them if they can walk with us. To let me know if they can sponsor us to send their donation to me, and also to keep us in our prayer and their prayers during the day of the walk. And um, I have been amazed. I sent this letter to friends, to family. My church members are such a great supporter of this walk that I don't know, you know, without the help of family friends. And my church, I don't know that we would have the response we do, because I sent this letter out, and the funds start coming in, and, you know, every day I go to the mailbox with anticipation of saying, okay, who's going to contribute today? And, it, and with the contributions, many times comes a note saying, we're keeping you in our prayers, or I remember Jim, and it's so emotional for me every time during this walk. And, um, and I've made it a solemn promise to myself that whoever contributes, and I had this year, I think, anywhere, each year it's been anywhere from 90 to 100 contributors. Wow. And I send out a handwritten thank you note to every one of them. And someone said, why don't you just do it on the computer? And I said, well, I know that I could send it on the computer, But if people are doing this to me, it's so personal and so rewarding that I think the least they deserve is a handwritten thank you note expressing my thanks for what they have done. And so I successfully have just completed the last thank you notes and sent them out. And so that's how I go about. And then there's mostly been some family members and some friends who have walked. We don't have a big walk team. But that's okay because I know people are keeping us in their prayers and they have contributed financially, so that speaks well to me, even if they can't personally be there that day. Well, so that's how I organize my walk each year.
0: Well, that, you, know, you say that you're computer illiterate and say that in a, in a negative light, possibly, but there's a lot of people who don't make the computer their first way of getting involved, and even if you do... Like you point out, the number one way to raise money and awareness is by sharing that story. You just do it through a letter.
1: Yes, and and that's what I do. You know, I tell them about how many years of the walk it is. I tell them a little bit about ALS and about what Jim went through. And then I ask them to walk, to pray, and for financial donations. And then with the thank you notes, I tell them what those funds are being used for.
0: And for both of you, that's really what makes a walk team a success is not just saying, Hey, Carrie, will you give me twenty bucks, but this is important to me, this is why, and this is what the money's going to. It's it's more than just just the ask of, of money or help. It's about sharing that story.
1: That's uh, you know, thanks to the ALS Association for those people who do use a the computer, they have made it very easy for people to get on and to send out emails and to Facebook, you know, and things like that as far as making it so easy for people to do it. Personally I have just chosen the other way.
0: And and like I said, it's your story that really makes the biggest impact. And and Carrie, I'm sure you've seen a lot of success with other people sharing their story. Um, I know that there's a lot in this Hershey Walk that really stand out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And whether you're sharing that through a letter that you send through snail mail or email or Facebook, I think no matter which way or which method you're using, as long as your story's getting out there and you're connecting with people, I think that's what you get the best response with. And clearly, I mean, it. not using the computer did not hurt your walk team Jeanette because you were our top individual fundraiser so clearly you're doing something right yeah.
0: <laughs> right maybe we should tell everyone else well no we're not going to tell everyone to stop there using a computer because then no one will listen to this podcast so that's really <laughs> that's really the my priority here um, but what are some of the other fundraising tools that people you saw use that that worked out well or were unique I know some people did events I've heard some really cool things in the Hershey area specifically
2: Um, Yeah, some people did their own events. We had a walk team where um, a family member owns a toy store, I believe, and they made, um, they put little ALS awareness t-shirts on teddy bears and they sold those. Um, We had our top youth fundraiser like had a dress down day at school, a fundraiser. Um, he did a ice bucket challenge with his teachers, and kids could dump ice bucket like buckets of ice on their teachers as a fundraiser. Um, there are a lot of cool things that people did.
0: And like you said, with the kids, there's people who can raise money from very young ages to very old, and everywhere in between.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, our top youth fundraiser was also the second highest overall fundraiser. So, yeah, there's, there's no stopping them.
0: And so, a lot of you said that our, our top youth fundraiser, he did stuff through um, an Ice Bucket Challenge. People did um, food fundraisers. My favorite thing was, I think it was last year, there was a team, who, Team Papa, who was there this year. Mm-hmm. And they did a professional wrestling event. <laughs> and I was really sad they didn't do it this year because I would have made it out there, and I couldn't last year. So, Jeanette, if you get a chance, um, work with Team Papa. They they might do a professional wrestling event, and, uh, you know, maybe you can get in the ring with them. I don't know if that's something that's up your alley. So, um, Jeanette, have you seen any interesting fundraisers or things like that throughout your time working at the Walk? Because I'm sure you've met some really interesting teams.
1: Um, I've seen like down in uh, in my area, we I've seen like a um, yard sales and garage sales, and then the donations are used for uh, the to donate to the ALS Association. I've seen some like sub sales, that type of thing, being done. Yeah.
0: And so you've been working on this walk for many years now. Um, what kinds of people have you met and and hopefully friends you've made along the way?
1: I met a lot of people. And every, you know, every time I go to the walk, I meet somebody, somebody new. And um, you kind of just relate because you know what they're going through or what they've been through. And it's just some type of... Um, Oh, c- closeness or togetherness that you know, that uh, common ground, that you there's things that you can build upon. And I've met so many caring people who have extended um, from their ALS that they become uh, advocates for the ALS. They become friendly visitors. And so it's great to see people extending and learning and wanting to share
0: with others so that that's a really a uh, hopefully a positive thing meeting all those new people and then yeah. so you and you and seeing people again I'm sure every year there's a lot of people you see that you saw that the last walk and that's always a good thing to see people coming back Yes, definitely. and for Carrie everyone you met was new everyone and so what's that like seeing um, meeting all these new people And seeing them coming together at the walk and hopefully having a good experience.
2: Yeah, it was a really, really cool experience. Um, Just from working with teams before the walk, I feel like I knew names. Um, I had talked to people on the phone. Jeanette, you are not the only person who's not good at the computer. There were a lot of people that I talked to on a regular basis to kind of work out kinks with with fundraising and walking people through facebook fundraising and it was really cool to to see all those people together and it really was like such a an awesome community experience and it was such a positive day and the people are are going through something really really difficult or they've been through something really difficult and just to see so much positive energy and community spirit there it was a really cool day
0: and then you know, before you you went to these events, you have gone to a few events in addition mm-hmm. to the other couple, the other walk you'd been to. You'd been to Hot Chocolate, that was your first event, and I don't know if there are other events you've been the to Festival. the fest. Oh, right, the Phillies Festival, <laughs> and it seems like the Phillies Festival is such a blur because it's such a huge event. But it, yeah, the Philadelphia Phillies were the principal charity, and thank you to the Phillies for that. Um, they've raised sixteen million dollars for the fight against ALS since 1984. Um, but what what's it like seeing the realities of the disease then because when you're in the office you don't see it too often but now when you go to these events and you see see that you see families and um and for both of you but Carrie first you know you you finally see you know people that are living with this disease both as the patient and as their family members
2: yeah it's Sometimes when you talk to people, especially when I when I would talk to patients on the phone, it was easy to almost forget um, how like how sick they were and what they were going through. And now that I've been here for for a few months, there have been a few things where I've I've seen the same patients and I've seen patients progress a little bit mm-hmm. in that short period of time. And and I think that's been sort of the most impactful thing is is, is I is how quickly it can happen
0: um yeah I think that's something for me too is I've seen a lot of people with ALS in my four years here and seen them a couple months later and progressing and think oh you can't you're not there's something wrong with you and then realize no there is you have this every day and it just doesn't dawn on me that a lot of these people have anything wrong with them because just having a normal conversation with a friend
2: yeah absolutely and I had um a pretty good like rapport with one of our team captains who is a patient and we would correspond through email on a regular basis um, kind of throughout the spring it was his first walk and I saw him at the walk I recognized his his team because of their t-shirts and I saw he had a lanyard on so I knew he was the team captain he must be the patient that I was talking to when I walked up and I introduced myself and he didn't like, how like he wasn't able to speak And he looked totally fine, and we had been talking through email. Like I was totally like blown away for a second because it was like, oh my goodness! Like we've been talking for months, and I never even thought that this could be your situation. Like it was, it was that was kind of eye opening.
0: Right, because it's just a regular person, and that yeah makes me think, Jeanette, um, your husband had ALS. What's people's reactions when they meet? when they would meet your husband or that you've seen with other people's interactions with people with ALS because, like I said, to, to Carrie and I, a lot of the times we're just like, oh, this is a regular person. We forget the realities of it even though we see it every day.
1: That's true. You know, um, many people, um, Jim had, um, I have, Jim had worked at a bank and through his illness, his boss made it a point once a month to come and see him, and I was so impressed that you know he would take time and it just showed that he was more than a boss; he was Jim's friend, and we had a birthday party for Jim when he turned sixty five and we invited family friends, church members. We had over a hundred people here that day. Jim wasn't feeling so good, so he had to stay in his bed that the people came and they came and I was so impressed, I thought that's a tribute to Jim. And one of his friends came in and told him, he said, you know, Jim, he said, I couldn't believe it. When I got here, there was no place to park. Then I had to stand in line to come see you. He said, boy, he said, I thought, I must be at the wrong place. I believe we're going to see the Queen of England. He said, there's so many people here. And Jim just smiled. And everyone, you know, it was very difficult because Jim was at the point where we hadn't gotten the computer yet. And so he couldn't, it was very difficult. He couldn't really verbally communicate. and the people were just, well they just showed so much love and care that that day stands out in my mind every time I think about back to Jim, um, that is one of the outstanding days.
0: Well, I'm glad that your memories are very positive ones and that also because of those positive thoughts and memories with Jim, you created a named fund in his honor. And so tell me about why you, you came to the decision to create a named fund and, and what that means.
1: Well, when I think back of the struggles that Jim had, and I know that every day there are other people with ALS who are going through the same thing. And so I thought, you know, Jim was always a caring person and he always tried to help. I thought, what better tribute to Jim than to create a caring fund, a fund in his name that would help with the care of patients. And so my daughter and I decided that would be the best way in which to keep Jim's memory alive by creating a, a named fund that would help other people who are going through the same thing that Jim did.
0: And I know a lot of people that create named funds or get involved with the walks. They want specific things to happen. Um, maybe they are very concerned about communication technology, or they really want things to happen for um, social workers or support groups. What do you think, as someone that's lived through this, that is um, most important, that you, that you want to stress that gets done, if anything?
1: I I think basically just we need to continue to always provide the care. And when I think of care, that's the physical care. Plus to me, it involves every aspect of the patient. So communication, transportation, all of those are part and contribute to the patient's care because they contribute to their well-being if they can't communicate uh, they need to be able to communicate so we take care of them physically meeting their physical needs but we have to also meet their emotional needs and their need to be still involved so transportation so they can get to places i remember we hadn't gotten our van yet and For the first walk that we did up at City Island, they made arrangements for a van to pick us up so that we could go to the walk and participate. So to me, when I say to provide care, it means every aspect of whatever a patient or a person with ALS needs
0: can be met. And for those listening, if you want to learn more about our Mike Kilpatrick Van Transportation Program, uh, we talked with his daughter, uh, Danielle Mariana, who is now on the board in front participate in the Hershey Walk, um, and in a recent podcast, you can find that, again, on iTunes or at alsphiladelphia.org slash podcast. Um, before um, we wrap up too much, Jeanette's conversation reminds me, Carrie, are there any things that you noticed that happen at the chapter on a care level that you were impressed by? Like, to me, I didn't realize all the services that would go into ALS, because when my grandfather had it, he went to a place that didn't have as many programs as we do. Um, what has anything stood out to you like wow, I can't believe that that's a thing or I didn't realize a simple thing was so important?
2: Yeah, I think almost all of it like I don't know I don't think I had any thoughts on sort of what the like the organization did really before I started here and just that there are there are so many different aspects of what we do and we work so hard with advocacy and I think maybe advocacy was like the one thing that stood out because I think it's it's really easy to kind of to, to, to focus on treating a patient in a clinic setting, but there's so much more that goes into sort of what the disease needs, and I think that it's it's really like it's so comprehensive and there's the clinic and there's patient services and there's transportation and there's advocacy and visiting volunteers like there's so many different things like I, I think it's so impressive and it speaks volumes to like, to just how much the organization as a whole really does care and really does just want to find a cure and beat this disease.
0: Well, I'm glad you put advocacy top because I know that's what I do. I really was
2: just trying to brown nose. (laughs) You don't have to. You're already on the
0: podcast. You don't have to anymore. I I have nothing to offer. Um, But if you want to advocate, there's lots of ways people can do that, Um, share their stories with legislators in Washington and in state capitals around our area. Um, And so, Jeanette, um, you're going to continue sharing your family story and um, continue making sure that that awareness makes a difference. Correct, yes. Yeah, that wasn't really a question. That was more, I'm telling you, you're going to do it. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> uh, so um, Carrie's already planning for her next walk and for next year's walk at Hersey. Um, are you looking forward to uh, doing it again?
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, I've made
1: a, a, a promise to myself that as long as I'm physically able, I will continue to do the walk to help others who live with ALS.
0: Well, we hope that you're there at the time when we don't need to do the walk anymore.
1: That would be
0: a godsend. sense. All right. Well, well, thank you, Jeanette, for all you've done uh, for the walk and for keeping your husband's memory alive at the walk and through your named fund. And thanks to Carrie for organizing the walk. Uh, again, you can get involved at any walk to defeat ALS at uh, www.gpcwalktodefeatals.org. Donate generally at www.alsphiladelphia.org. Uh, this podcast is going up in July, so I'll just leave you with five words that may sound, um, mean, might mean something to everyone in the ALS community, and that is every August until a cure. So look forward to things there. Uh, thank you, both of you, again.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.